For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope it's a payday for you. It's Friday. Maybe it is. Hopefully it is. You can get out and go do some fun things with the family. I share with you guys so many times. I have never regretted packing the car and taking a wife and kids anywhere. Now, in the moment... When everybody's begging for a bathroom break or daddy, can we get a snack or whatever, you know. I might not appreciate it as much then. But now that they're older and they're kind of scattered around, the chance for us to get together and break bread and be together is amazing. And so I look forward to that. So hopefully you can do that too. Get out and go enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. Get out and go do some cool stuff. Hopefully you got the finances to go do that. And isn't it wonderful that we live in a society where we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose. Hopefully you're wearing maroon today. I, that's one of the things that um, when the new athletic director gets here, that I hope that we embrace and normalize and popularize again. I used to love seeing all those tweets that would get retweeted to Scott Strickland as we celebrated Maroon Friday. And it's kind of been de-emphasized. I think it's a great way for us to remain engaged. And to, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you, when I'm walking around, whether it be out Christmas shopping or uh, at, at a gas station or whatever, I'm wearing some Mississippi State stuff, there's always somebody. And granted, I'm a little more recognizable than most. But I love seeing other people with the M over S. I love to see, see people wearing the state script and even the M state banner because I know that I'm among friends. And I enjoy that. And I think it's always good when we stand up for Mississippi State. We identify ourselves as Bulldogs. So if you have not been celebrating Maroon Friday, let me encourage you to revisit that idea. Wear Maroon on Fridays. Game weekends or not, we should always rep the Maroon and White. Real quickly before we get into some big news, we give you guys an update, too. A lot of you are very interested in the athletic director search. I mentioned when we get a new AD in, we got to have a have talk. We do. I got some ideas. From what I understand, next week's going to be a big week in the search. This week, uh, Dr. Keenum and the committee have gone through some uh, Zoom interviews and interviewed several candidates, and I understand that list is being kind of you know, narrowed down to maybe three or four candidates. And they will have uh, an opportunity, of course, to to take a quick look next week at these individuals in person. 
And then from there, we move towards a decision. I, I believe that we're probably a week to 10 days away from making an offer. Once this process began, I was told, ideally, we'd like to have it done by Christmas, but we're not going to rush the process. It might actually go into the first part of January, even the second week of January. We don't have an emergent need. We don't have any hires that we have to make. And so it's not something that we have to maybe have some expediency about. Obviously, you want to get a decision made sooner rather than later. But rather than just walk down the hall and hire from some hire from within or you know, just necessarily go get somebody that's got a connection to Mississippi State, you work through this process, you vet out candidates. We had a lot of interest in the position. I understand that we had several candidates apply for the job that maybe weren't on our short list. And so you take some time and vet those people out, hear their ideas about the future of Mississippi State Athletics, and then you make your decision. And so I understand things have gone well. Of course, all's well that ends well. And, and, and what, how it ends well is us getting the right individual. It doesn't matter their DNA. We just need somebody that bleeds maroon, somebody that's going to come in here and kind of push us forward. I support everybody that supports Mississippi State, whether we agree or not. This is an important hire for Mississippi State for obvious reasons. And again, I do not think we promote from within. And, and all the information that I have right now kind of suggests that we won't. I can't say for certainly, for, for certainly, for, for certainty that there's not a dark horse candidate out there that may be from within. You know, Bo Hemphill is a guy who has been around a long time. I'm confident that Bo was at least approached about the job. I don't know that he gets offered the job. But if we're going to look in-house, I don't know if we could do any better than Bo Hemphill. I just don't think we will promote from within. So there's your update on that. And, uh, again, I think we're probably a week to ten days away from business really picking up here. Things are happening behind the scenes. And, like, people on the message board are coming, but I don't understand why it's taking so long. Well, nothing's changed. You know, absolutely nothing has changed. From the very beginning, we've been very honest and forthright, and our, our sources have as well as about the time frame. Now, we'll say Dr. Keenum and his staff being very tight-lipped about things. But nothing's changed as far as the time frame goes. It's important to understand that. We're not, we're not being told no. We're not dragging our feet. This process is ongoing. And, again, the time frame you know, for a decision is on track. All right, our top story brought to you by Bulldog Burger Company. I love Bulldog Burger Company. You will, too. I'm sure you do already. It is a very satisfying love affair that I have with Bulldog Burger Company. I know exactly what to expect. They're always, always, always there for me. There is so much consistency in what they do. Every time I go, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And it's usually more than I'm willing to pay for, right? I mean, it's like you go in there and you pay your money and it's like, okay, this is what I should get. They give you more, the most generous, generous portions in the Golden Triangle, if not beyond. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and in the Ridgeland Flowood area, the Lake Harbor Drive location. Go by and check them out. You'll be glad you did. Get that great restaurant-quality hamburger. Maybe you say, you know what, Steve? The kids want a burger. I'm not sure I want to eat that heavy. Well, have the BLT salad. I'm a big proponent of that. I like it grilled. You may like it fried. I like it grilled. And I don't get the, um, the barbecue ranch. I get the regular ranch because I'm from South Mississippi. It's kind of how things go. I think I've got a little more of a refined palate than most people in South Mississippi. But uh, when it comes to salads, i got to have that uh, buttermilk ranch, man. That's how life works. 
Get a dessert to go. Get that chocolate shake to go. I'm, I like the uh, the Shipley's donut bread pudding too. Next time you're in town, go check them out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M E A T. All right. One of the reasons we're later recording the show today is I was hopeful we would get some news on Woody Marks. We have the news, and it is positive. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of backstory on this. We're gonna talk about the Dylan Johnson stuff too. And before I begin any of this stuff, I want to give you this disclaimer. I love everybody involved. I do. And you know how it is when you're like that, that you're the friend and like a couple of your friends are beefing and you just kind of hate all of it because you want everybody to get along. You want things to work out and things to be back like they were. That's not going to be the case with Mississippi State's running back situation. However, huge, huge piece of not just the running game, not just the offense, but of the Mississippi State team. Woody Marks is back, making his declaration earlier today that he would be back. He said, I started it, I'm going to finish it. Which means an awful lot to Mississippi State's bowl prospects and the 2023 season. And you got to feel like, too, with Dylan Johnson moving on, Woody Marks would be a more of a focal point of the offense, have a chance to carry the football more, and likely increase his NFL draft stock as a result. So, Woody, if you're listening on your drive back to Starkville, thank you. On behalf of a grateful Bulldog family, thank you. It would have been devastating to lose both Dylan Johnson and Woody Marks. And that's no slight at anybody else, but when you begin to do the math on this, you know, Bull Hargrove in the portal. J.J. Jernigan in the portal. Now, J.J.'s situation is much different. Much like Omni Wells last year, he's a former walk-on and it's a chance to get one year left to go get on the field somewhere, whether it be, you know, Alcorn State, South Alabama, wherever. You want to play. I mean, the guys practice hard every day. They want to get on the field. And, and Jernigan has played some for Mississippi State. I, and I think somebody will take him. I really do. Whether they be, he would be, you know, a good locker room guy, a depth guy, or whatever, J.J. Jernigan would be an asset to somebody's program. He's been an asset to ours. Just didn't have a ton of production. But you start thinking about how do you manage the running back spot against Illinois. And I asked one of our coaches just yesterday, I said, how, do, how are you guys going to do this? How do you manage the running back spot when you have four guys leave the depth chart? Two of them, your starters. How do you do it? What happens if Simeon Price gets a stinger in the game or gets, you know, whatever? How are you going to do it? Because it's not just about the running game breaking down. All of a sudden, pass protection breaks down. All of a sudden, the check down game breaks down. I mean, it's just so much to it. Running backs are such a big part of this offense. Should we utilize them more in the ground game? Yeah, probably so. I think that's where really a lot of the beef comes in here. But let me, let's me back up to Monday, and we talked about this on jeanspage.com, and I always try to be real forthright with you guys too. And The last thing that I want is for me and you to be blindsided by news about Mississippi State of a negative variety. I don't share every rumor I hear with you guys because more times than not, it turns out to be untrue. Or maybe there is a little bit of truth in it, but what, by the time the story gets to me, you know, it's like the old game gossip when we were kids. By the time it gets to me, it's been changed and embellished and you get down to the root of the problem and things maybe aren't as bad as you were told. So let me back up a little bit here and share some things with you. Now, that in many respects, it's over. So I got word, you know, I was in New Mexico last week, and to be honest with you, I wish I was still out there. I do. 
Love My Life is out there. You probably get tired of me talking about that, but it's, it's going to be part of our programming going forward. But I kind of shut things down last week. I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the show, and I'm going to do some minimal stuff, and I'll be on the message boards, you know, when she's working or sleeping or whatever. But um, I just needed to unwind a little bit. And so I get back Sunday, 17 hours one way, drove all the way in one day. So Monday, I start talking to people again. Sunday afternoon, a little bit too. I try to respect other people's family time. I'm trying to do a better job of that too. But on Sunday afternoon, I started getting some calls. Of course, the rah-rah situation had unfolded. And so I was told Sunday night and then confirmed again on Monday morning that there was a fire burning. There was a possibility that Dylan Johnson, Woody Marks, and Xavion Thomas were going to transfer portal. Everybody's reasoning was a little bit different from what I was told. And so I shared it on GeneSpec. I said, there is talk about it. People just couldn't believe it. But as time has shown us, it was a very real situation. And I felt, based on the people that I talked to, that there was a lot of truth in these rumors. It wasn't just putting it out there for the sake of, uh, you know, flipping our own commitment, right? You create drama which, of course, resonates with crisis junkies. And then you come back later and say, oh, it's all okay. So everybody gets this big release. Oh, thank you so much. This is a real situation. And two of those three players have transferred. So what I learned on Monday is not only was there some discussion about these guys possibly transferring, is that they weren't going to lifts. They weren't going to team-related activities. You know, it's one thing, you know, you hear from time to time from a high school coach or a parent or a friend of the family, Hey, so-and-so's kind of struggling a little bit talking about transferring, but those conversations are private, right? And you get that information more times than not, eventually it gets, you know, smoothed over. Much different dynamic this time. Much, much different. And so when guys are missing lifts, you know, that tells you this is, you know, beyond the just considering it phase, right? Because if it was just one of those things where they were in a phase or in a funk or upset with a coach or something like that, they'd still go to lifts. They'd still be committed to their teammates. But they weren't going to lifts. They weren't part of team-related activities. And actions mean a lot more than words, right? If all of a sudden your significant other stopped coming home, you're going to be concerned. Even if it works out. Like, what, what, what the hell's going on here? Right. And so I understand that, uh, you know, coaches met with players or talk with players. And, of course, uh, you know, some discussions, of Bulldog Initiative and things like that, trying to get the situation resolved. Now, it's interesting, you know, the Xavier Thomas thing, which I'm not nearly as concerned about. That's not in any way to suggest that he's not an important piece. But, you know, at this point, he is kind of just the punt returner. Right. I think his potential is very, very high. I do think he'd be a great player for Mississippi State, but he's not going to be here. But, you know, Woody and Dylan are a big part of what we do already. The potential for Xavion might actually be greater than it is for Woody and Dylan. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that right now, but he's just beginning to scratch the surface of his college potential. But with Dylan and Woody, you've got three years of college experience. And it's not just about managing a ball game. It's about thinking about next year. I mean, you'd have to completely, you know, change your focus when it comes to recruiting. And so I understand, too, that, uh, you know, Woody was being receptive. Dylan, not so much. 
And you never know what things are going, people are going through. And one of the things that I'll tell you without going into any great detail, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Dylan Johnson. I love that guy. I do. I've known him since he was a kid. I say a kid, you know, he was maybe a sophomore in high school when I first began interacting with him. Always liked his film. Always liked his attitude. Loved his love for Mississippi State. His college experience is playing out much different than many other people. Because not only has he got to deal with workouts, practice, classes, study halls, labs, projects, papers. He's raising a kid and doing a lot of that by himself. And for those of you that are parents, you understand your focus in life changes when you know that there is a young, innocent life depending on you. It's much, much different. And so your priorities change. And so Dylan Johnson has to do what he feels is best for he and his son. I don't think anybody would begrudge him that. Even if, it, even if his goals don't align with ours, I respect it. He has to do what is best for him and his son long term. He is. And it'd be easy to get out here and say, you know, well, you know, he's this, he's that, he's whatever. You know, in, in the moment when the news first broke, I was very disappointed. Not in the fact that he transferred. I did not like the way he handled it. I didn't. And I still don't. I don't approve of it. You may think less of me, and I can live with that. You don't burn a bridge on your way out of town. And take that from somebody who is a professional bridge burner. You don't do it. I've left some jobs in the past, sometimes under very challenging circumstances. But I worked my notice. I walked away with my head held high. I did what was expected of me. I walked away with dignity in class. And that's how things have to be. I have been mistreated. I've been conspired against. I still walked away with dignity in class. Not because of my impression of them, but in my belief in myself. I'm not going to let somebody else create an action that forces me to make an emotional reaction especially with something that impacts my career. It's one thing to have an argument with somebody privately through text or call or whatever. It's not a thing to go put that stuff on social media. And the reaction to that tweet was, was you know, both positive and negative. You know, there's some people out there that are very anti-Mike Leach, and so they just jump on anything. Any chance to criticize our football coach, they jump on it. I wish we could all get on the same page. I do. I really do. And there are other people who are like, what? Why, did, why is he acting this way? And so here's my take on that. Dylan made a mistake. Now, ultimately, leaving Mississippi State may not prove to be a mistake for him. He may go somewhere else where he can be a featured back. Maybe that's on the G5 level. I don't know. But I hope that he finds what he's looking for. But my – not that he needs my approval. My opinion of Dylan Johnson is unchanged. I know that he is a great young man. I know that he has a tremendous amount of responsibility on his shoulders. And I know that he is doing the best he can for his family. I respect it. I respect him. I love him. I wish him the absolute best. Not against us, of course, but you understand my point. I have no, no bitterness in my heart for him. I think he is a great man that in a moment of weakness got a little bit of emotional. And let's talk a little bit about that, okay? 
So, you know, the tweet goes out, and, uh, you know, apparently I'm not so tough and coach is glad for me to leave. Now, from what I understand from the conversations that I had prior to all this unfolding is that Dylan pretty much had already decided to leave. He was already had one foot out the door and, you know, kicking the door closed with the other. And if you listen to the audio, and I actually have the audio. Somebody sent it to me earlier this week. Coach Leach on the phone with somebody else person that should remain nameless and somebody else is recording the call because it's on speakerphone and he says yeah I'm not excited about a player leaving Dylan Johnson is leaving he's really not that tough and I'm glad he's leaving and the first thing that I will say about that that's not the reason Dylan Johnson's leaving that may be a detail towards the end, but the decision based on what I was told was already made now he may have been maybe on the fence leaning out and maybe that was kind of the impetus, I guess, for him to say, you know what, this is, it's better for me to move on. And maybe it is. But Mike Leach is wrong to have that conversation with another player. I believe it was another player, based on the information I have as a player. But whether it be a recruit or whoever, Mike Leach is wrong to have that, that conversation. The person that recorded it and shared it is also wrong. It's like this gotcha moment. It's like we're not giving people room to be human here. Just like the Dylan Johnson thing, you know, the, the tweet, right? I, I don't support it on approve of it. Not that he needs my approval. But he's still a great man. He's still a great young man. He made a mistake. So I'm not going to judge him based on a snapshot. Because I can't begin to imagine the pressure that he's under. I mean, honestly, I cannot begin to imagine the pressure that he's under. He has NFL aspirations. And maybe he feels like he's not able to showcase his skills as much as he would like to in his offense. So he is having to leave the university that he loves, possibly leave his home state and his support system as a young father, and try to get his college degree done and hopefully get a chance to get on the professional football ranks at some point. And, I, and, and that's nearly an impossible dream for most young people, right? It's a lot of, a lot of pressure on Dylan Johnson. A lot. You know, my hope was he'd stay here, you know, not just selfishly because of us because we need him on the football team because he does play tough. I, I, I don't – that's one thing I don't agree with at all. You know, Mike Leach, I don't think he's very tough. I don't coach a kid every day, but I know this. I know the kid played hurt just about the entire year. And just about all three years he was here, he was banged up. He gave us everything he had. As I told Bo Bounds yesterday, man, he's more tough than talented. And the guy's pretty talented. I don't know that we win the Egg Bowl this year without him. And so I, I don't there's, – there's, there's a lot of blame to go around. It's not about picking, you know, a side. I'm on the Mississippi State side, and this whole thing is a negative reflection on Mississippi State. And there's so many people out here looking out for themselves. You know, who's looking out for Mississippi State, right? That's where my allegiance lies. Now, I think about Mike Leach. We talk about being human, right? And Mike Leach – under a lot of pressure this year. Probably not as much pressure as some people have tried to suggest. But the guy had lost back-to-back egg bowls. You get a chance to go win that one, and then you do, and then all of a sudden there's this, you know, the, the portal window opens, and it's like a whole new process. It's changed. It's very, very impactful. And you're facing the possibility of losing your two starting running backs. And I'm sure in the back of his mind he's thinking, how are we going to go play this ball game? 
with walk-on running backs? How, is, how are we going to protect our quarterback? How does that impact play calling? What does it do to our offensive game plan? Because this Illinois defense is legit. Mike Leach under a lot of pressure. And when people are under pressure, they have a tendency to make mistakes. Mike was wrong to have that conversation about Dylan Johnson with another player. And the person that he spoke to was wrong to put it on speakerphone and somebody else to record it. So there is fault in all aspects here. And then it was all this craziness the other night. It's like somebody in the chat room is like, oh, Parson decommitted and, and Bookie Watson's in the portal and Buki was trolling some of you guys. And, and that's the thing, too. And, uh, yeah, you know, thank, thank God for good sources, right? As soon as that happened, I'm in a chat room. People are like, hey, while you're typing, Steve, Buki went in the portal. I said, I don't know what he's got going on. I'll try to find out. As soon as I get done with chat, I get on the phone, call a couple people. He's not in the portal. I don't know if he's just joking around, but he's not in the portal. I found out not only is he not in the portal, he has not requested information on how to get into the portal. And so I go in there and I, on jeanspage.com, and I made the comment and say, he's not in the portal. Maybe tomorrow, but he's not in the portal right now. He hasn't notified compliance or the football staff that he wants to be in the portal. And within minutes, he's like, psych, hell stayed forever. Now, I know people laugh a little bit. I didn't think it was funny. I love Buki, too. And I know that's his personality. But as sensitive as our fan base is right now, that's not a joke that we were ready to embrace. It's funny in hindsight. In the moment, it wasn't. Because obviously, what's going on? There's all this mutiny. And, of course, then all of a sudden, you know, the walk-on media fake expert types come out. And they're, oh, I've been hearing about this and hearing about that. You know, oh, I've been hearing for two weeks, Boogie Watson may go in the portal. Then last week, he announces he's coming back. And all of a sudden, well, he plays a joke. Well, it turns out the joke was on you, Mr. Fake Expert. You didn't hear anything. Let's see what's the you know, marbles rattling in your head. There's all these hindsight experts. Oh, I've been hearing about this. I've been thinking about it. And I get sick of it. Yeah, if you feel so good about it, report it. Put your name on it. It's easy to do the attaboy or the amen. It's easy to jump out there after the fact, after the news is broke, and say, oh, well, yeah, I've been hearing about this. Yeah, there's this and there's that and there's this. Shut up. Shut up. I just get so sick of it. If you had any credibility at all, you'd say it ahead of time. Anybody can come back later after the news is broke and say, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. It doesn't take any skill. It doesn't take any education. It doesn't take any formal training. Just take some internet troll. It's stupid. And it's not helping the fan base either. It's not helping anything. When we're in times of crisis like this, what do you fax? We don't need people trying to build internet credibility. Stupid, man. I get sick of it. I am absolutely sick of it. Absolutely sick of it. I'm going to start calling these people out. And people are going to be like, Steve, why are you being so mean? Why are you being so unprofessional? Because I'm sick of it. And you should be too. Don't you want facts? Don't you want the truth? But instead, we want to build some internet clout. So we just jump on, oh, well, there's this and there's that. Shut up. Shut up. And so to get back on track here, Woody's back, which changes so much, not just for the ball game, but for next year. And I think it's apparent, obviously, that Woody will be gone next year. 
But what does this mean for this offense going forward? Now, I think we all agree we are at our best when we can keep a defense off balance. And a big part of that is running the football, especially on the edges. People drop an eight, you know, we can trap underneath it. You know, we have done a great job developing these bags. I don't know that we've made them happy. That, that's the issue. We've got to make Woody Marks happy. Now, I'm not saying we go out there and retool the program, but this guy's coming back, and if we've made a commitment to run the football more with him, and somebody told me he wanted like, you know, 15 carries a game. I don't think that's asking too much. I think the offense, because like sometimes you get caught up thinking about the next play, and everybody does it. You forget about maybe the smart play. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're passing, you know, 17, 18 times in a row, people don't respect the run. And so they're just pinning their ears back and going, and they kind of lull themselves into a false sense of security. And when you've got a big physical back like Woody Marks, it also has some explosiveness to it. You can hold them accountable. You can absolutely hold them accountable. So I think everybody benefits from Woody Marks carrying the football a little bit more. And listen, Woody has been a warrior for us. And Dylan has too. I, in no way am I excusing any of that. Dylan Johnson's a tough dude, man. He is. Kid's got a lot going on. And I wish he was with us. I do. I wish he was still here. But I uh, wish him the best. But I went back and watched the Egg Bowl the other night. I guess it was a third and one play. And Woody gets through, and the safety comes up and absolutely destroys him. And Woody spins off and then falls forward for like three or four yards and then didn't want to come out of the game. Woody Marks is exactly the Mississippi State story. He is a very, very tough. He is a very, very physical, very committed runner. And we need to utilize him more. We do. We absolutely do. And it doesn't matter if it's touching the football as a pass, receptor, a pass receiver or running the football. But I think if, if we begin to look at this, and you know that everybody will say this, you got four running backs in the portal. Like if Woody goes in, you got four in the portal, including two starters. You don't need to go play running back there. What does that do for your recruiting, right? And we're out here targeting some guys too, and I think we still go take a portal back because of the losses, because, of course, Hargrove, Jernigan, and Dylan are all leaving. Hargrove and Jernigan looking for playing opportunities, sure. But I think you've got to go get a guy that can – and maybe that's Cavassier Smoke from Kentucky. He'll be here next weekend. But I think it's important to understand you know, we got to do what's best for Mississippi State. and That's not always aligned with an individual. And each individual has to do what they feel is best for themselves. And many times our goals are not aligned. And that's okay. We can, we can still be friends. We just won't be teammates anymore. And maybe I'm alone in this, and, and that's okay. I'll die on this hill alone. I don't think I am, though. My allegiance and loyalty is to Mississippi State. When you go against a family, you're going against me. I take it very personal. When you talk negatively about Mississippi State, you're talking about me. And maybe my identity is too wrapped up in my fandom. Maybe it is. But I take it personal. I don't like the jokes. I don't like Mississippi State being the butt of humor or criticism. I don't. Maybe I take it too seriously. But the bottom line is I think we need more fans like me. When somebody goes out and they say something negative about Mississippi State, 
This is the PG-13 show, so I'm not going to cheer the language I'd use. But to heck with that guy, man. To heck with that dude. People come after us. They're not just going at Mississippi State. You can't just put your arm up and say and, and distance yourself from it. You can't be out there and be a cowbell clanging crazy at the Egg Bowl and then all of a sudden something negative happened. You're like, oh, well, that's just Mississippi State's problem. I'm going to go play golf. Either you're true maroon or you're not. We got some fair-weather fans, man. We're not alone. We do. We got some fair-weather fans. We do. And it's like all this talk about toughness this week, and I'm, I'm sure that there'll be message board threads about this comment here. Uh, some of our fans need to toughen up. And you would think choosing Mississippi State is a school that you support. You better be tough. You better be tough. Got one of the lowest budgets in the Southeastern Conference. We're tucked away in this little small college town up here in uh, northeast Mississippi. No metropolitan areas around us. We're always the underdog. So you better be tough. But I think Mississippi State, I think she deserves to have loyal fans that are wooded through thick and thin. I'm not saying you got to be blind loyalists to individuals. But I think you have to be when it comes to Mississippi State. I want what's best for Mississippi State. What's best for Mississippi State is best for me. And, you know, there may come a day when I decide, you know what, I'm going to sell the website. I'm going to delete my social media accounts. I'm going to quit doing this podcast. And I might move to Costa Rica with that little hot blonde that I married from Natchez, Mississippi, and never look back. That may happen one day. But until it dies... I'm going to be true maroon. And just like on this show today, you know, people are like, oh, well, Steve, you're defending Leach. I, I, I'm, I'm critical of everybody in their handling of the situation. Everybody involved. Absolutely critical of everybody involved. But I come down on the Mississippi State side. It's like, you know, again, somebody was being overly critical. I said, I'm a Mississippi State guy. You, you feel free to be whoever you want to be. You know, my, my, Love and admiration for Dylan Johnson is unchanged. But he doesn't play for my football team anymore. So I won't be rooting for Dylan Johnson in that respect. Now, I will root for him against anybody but us. But that relationship is changed. That aspect of the relationship, in many respects, is over. And he ended it. Doesn't mean that I like him any less. Doesn't mean that I wish ill on him. But I'm a Mississippi State guy. You can decide what guy you want to be. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler, my friend, your friend, a friend in the mortgage industry. It's a very complicated process getting a mortgage done. It's, it's, it's awful. You got to have a note from your mom, a lock of your hair. It's amazing letter of permission from your third grade English teacher. I mean, there's just so many things that underwriters require. Rather than navigate that process, you know, with maybe, you know, a greenhorn, let's bring in the closer. That's Blair Chandler. Go to closeofblair.com or text him or call him at his personal cell, 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Hit him up. He knows everything there is to know about the mortgage industry. 21 years of experience. Top 1% close ratio in the country back-to-back years. 
works at Fairway Mortgage, recently voted number one in customer satisfaction with loan origination. There's Again, there's a lot of people out there that are vying for your business. But Blair's going to pay for your appraisal. If you mentioned to him, you heard about him on the boneyard. That'll save you some, some jack, right? But also, too, the whole reason you get involved with a mortgage loan officer is to get a mortgage. It's not just to get a friend. It's to get a loan closed, to change your life. And that's what Blair specializes in. He's in a dream-making business. That's closeofblair.com. All right, so uh, my buddy Scott, former soccer teammate of mine and friend that still lives in Baton Rouge, you can find him, uh, Dog in Tigerland, I think, on Twitter. Scott's my buddy. Invited me to play soccer one year, and I, and, uh, I don't know that we won a game, but, man, we had a lot of fun. I scored a couple goals. It was great. It's fun. If you have read Blooms of Oleander, at the very end of Blooms of Oleander, there is a story that I wrote and I, I updated uh, before I published that book called The Cycle of a Son. And uh, Scott wasn't mentioned, or maybe was mentioned indirectly, in that story. My agent says it's the best thing I've ever written. I sent the story, when I decided to include it in Blooms of Oleander, I sent it out to a handful of people and everybody called me crying. You know, I, I feel like I've got a gift of that, to be able to elicit emotion from my reader. But this was a very personal story, and it was about me, my dad, and then me becoming a father, and then ultimately losing my father and losing access to all that wisdom. And so uh, there's a story in there about me scoring a goal, my first goal since high school, and uh, how special a moment that was for me. And so if you haven't read it, I'd encourage you to read it. I'm very proud of it. I'm also proud to document that for my family because one day I'll be gone and they'll have these shows and they'll have all the Facebook lives and they'll have all these stories that I've written and books and things like that. So I feel like I'm leaving a, you know, a good bit of myself behind, but uh, in the time that I am here, I'm going to give them all I got. So Scott recommended, what if we had an NCAA transfer portal top 10? Very timely, Scott. I like the idea. We're going to bump you up and we're going to do your list today. He gave me a couple of ideas. I liked them. I didn't use them all. But number 10 on our NCAA transfer portal top 10 is Philip Phillips' song, The American Idol Contestant, Gone, Gone, Gone. Kind of speaks for itself. Number nine, a suggestion from Scott. I think you guys will laugh at this because it's been such a difficult stretch. You know, it's we're up one down, down, down the next. You know, it's like just yesterday we're thinking our football program is falling apart. And so Scott's suggestion is if we make it through December by Merle Haggard. That's your number nine song today. If we make it through December, you know, we'll end up somewhere warm, right? Yeah, kind of paraphrasing a little bit there, Merle, but uh, we'll be in sunny Florida. If we can make it through December, we'll be in sunny Florida January 2nd. All right, number eight making their top 10 debut. I've joked about this band for years. You remember years ago when Brandon Walker and I were both on Bulldog Sports Radio, it was Brian and, and Bob and myself and a few others. I think Justin Strawn obviously was on there. And, uh, and so I was, you know, Brandon had to record after me one day. We used to have to go to the studio to record. Now I get to do it from home, which is amazing. I don't have to go anywhere. Because anytime that I leave, you know, I got to stop and get a snack or there's this, you got to eat. And there's always, you know, it's a million things you got to do. Nice to be able to record from home. But one day that uh, Brandon recorded before me, and he made, he made a comment about um, it's something about, you know, going first made him better. And I said, well, that's not true. You know, I said, uh, 
I said, everybody needs an opening act. It's like when Glass Tiger opened for Journey. I'm Journey, you're Glass Tiger. So Glass Tiger making their top 10 debut in honor of my friend Brandon Walker, who I'm so incredibly proud of. But uh, don't forget me when I'm gone, Glass Tiger, number eight on the list. And Brian Adams actually sings a part on that. Brian Adams produced that song. It was a big hit. Number seven, it's a bit of a love song, kind of a breakup song too. It's Without You from Hinder. I'm a big Hinder fan. Wish they'd get back together, the original lineup. I've seen them with the new singer. It's just not quite as good. But Without You, I live it up a little more every day. And basically, it's like a guy that breaks up with his girlfriend, thought it was going to kill him, and in the end, they move on. He finds somebody he likes better. He goes, you know what? I'm out of this toxic relationship, and without you, things are better. Number six, another American Idol contestant. It's a huge hit for her early in her career. Very personable, huge, huge voice. It's Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone. I can breathe for the first time. Number four, going back to the Breakfast Club. And I, listen, we, we did 90s movies and 80s movies with our kids a lot. It's, you know, especially the classics. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? We didn't just do the Star Wars stuff. We did all the teen movies with our kids. We'd sit around and watch them. We'd buy them on DVD. We'd take family trips and put it on a DVD player in the van, and everybody'd watch, and everybody loved the Breakfast Club. And how could you not? I mean, even though, like, the fashion has changed, I mean, you know, teen angst and being misunderstood is probably just part of the human condition. My kids love The Breakfast Club. And if your kids are teenagers and they had not watched it, they will too. It's amazing how all the stereotypes of high school are kind of amplified and personified in that movie. But we're going to go with uh, Don't You Forget About Me from Simple Minds. Every time that I hear that song, if it comes on the radio, I just imagine that final scene, right? And there's just so much of that movie that it so, resonates, I think, not just with young people, but everybody. Because you never know what other people are dealing with. Because life is not as lovely as it appears to be on Facebook and Instagram. It's not. And that's the thing I think the movie illustrates. There's so much about each other we don't understand because we don't communicate. We just assume we are this or you're that because of how you look or how you dress or the music you listen to or the car you drive. At the end of the day, we're really all the same. Just some of us have cooler jobs than others and more money to blow. We're all just trying to make it out of this thing alive. None of us are going to succeed. All right, number four, speaking of hair, and it's amazing to me this guy married Daisy Fuentes. And good on you, Richard Marks, because when we were all teenagers, we all had a huge crush on Daisy Fuentes. And her name is actually Daisy, Daisy, I can't remember now. C. Fuentes, I think that's right. It's not just Fuentes, it's Daisy C. Fuentes. And she shortened it so it wouldn't be Daisy C. Fuentes. But anyway, you get me. Um, but it should have known better than to fall in love with you. Now, love is just a faded memory. It is a great song. I, I like Richard Marks. I haven't listened to him in years. I mean, every so often I guess I'm on a road trip and you get an earworm and you put it on. But, man, Richard Marks had some good tracks, man. And he had just enough of a rock edge that people kind of appreciated that. But he was more of a pop guy. And uh, still playing, or playing clubs and casinos and things like that and making a living for himself. I remember a couple of years ago he, 
He was trending on Twitter, and I thought, oh, my gosh, don't tell me Richard Marks is dead. But instead, it was some incident on an airplane, and Richard Marks, like, stepped in and intervened in a very negative situation on an airplane. So good on you, Richard Marks. Hold on to the Knights and hold on to Daisy Fuentes. Number three, one of my favorite songs of all time, and I don't listen to it a whole lot because it gets so incredibly overplayed. It did. But I was a Cinderella fan from the very beginning. I remain one. I've met Tom Kiefer. I've shaken hands with Eric Birdingham. Jeff Labar is gone. God rest his soul. Fred Curry, of course, a great drummer from Cinderella, went on to be the drummer in the side project Arcade with Stephen Piercy from Rat. I listen to that song regularly. The great single, uh, Nothing to Lose. Love that. But we're going with the classic, You Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. I think about some of these guys in the portal. You've seen the numbers, right? You know, thousands go in, and usually like 30% of them actually find another scholarship opportunity. And so everybody's thinking, you know what? If I get in the portal, Alabama's been waiting for me. And let me tell you this, no, they have not. If you can't get on the field at Mississippi State, you're not going to play at Alabama. You're not going to play at LSU. Just not how life works. Not how life works. But a lot of times people think they know better, and then they get these people in their ear. Oh, man, I know recruiting. You don't know anything. Oh, did you play? Oh, oh, you're a coach? How many kids have you had recruited? None? Oh, okay. (laughs) So explain to me again how you know recruiting. You weren't recruited. Your players are not recruited. But you want to align yourself with somebody because you actually live Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. 
She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit... Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y, official.com, forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. In the same geographic area, oh, I can help you with this. And this is a young man or a young lady that's desperate to find an opportunity. So they'll take you know, any port in the storm. And you're really just out for yourself. You can start calling these people out, too. Number two, though, and we all felt this way when Scott sent this, you know, when all there was all this craziness and mayhem and it was all exploding on social media and everybody's ready to just, you know, march, march on Lee Hall, right? But yesterday from the Beatles, all my troubles seem so far away. Yesterday, what a beautiful song that is. I mean, it is, yes, it is kind of depressing. But yesterday is an absolute classic song. And I always go back to the, uh, the whole AA thing, right? The whole AA thing is uh, this too shall pass. All things, good or bad, will pass. You know, the moment, and listen, I'll be honest with you. I mean, if I make it to tomorrow, 
there's a good chance that I will. What was it, less than 12 hours now? I'll be 31 years clean and sober tomorrow. And I'm proud of it. And I'll be honest with you, the last year has been one of the most difficult years of my recovery. And a lot of it is because of the fact that my wife has been traveling much of the last year. And so there is so much of, I'm such an addict about routine and things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. And so all of a sudden, I'm kind of left to my own devices and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there are times when things get down. You know, when, when she's here, you know, I can lay my head on her shoulder and just let her tell me everything's going to be okay. It's, just, it's, it's harder to do that over FaceTime, right? And so, yeah, it's been a difficult year. It has been. I, I'm being very transparent about that. I mean, and it's like, and I had, it was a while back, man. I, I, I really thought about drinking. I did. But the moment passes if you let it. You just got to let it. You got to hang in there. You, know, you text your accountability partners. You call your, your friends. You, you, know, you do something, but you don't entertain it. And it doesn't matter if it's depression or drug addiction or whatever. The moment passes if you let it. You know, nearly 31 years of recovery has told me that. The moment will pass. Number one, it's the end of the road. Boys to Men. What an amazing song that is. Voice of Men, fabulous, fabulous group. But End of the Road, of course, that's from the Boomerang soundtrack. We've mentioned that on the show before. I mean, I thought about that. I was laughing as I wrote it down. I remember when I put together the, uh, the relationship recovery playlist for those that couldn't move on from Big Schaefer, right? That no matter what we did or what we said, Big Schaefer, Big Schaefer. You know, I put together you know, a playlist for those people, their fatal attraction people. End of the road. And so that's kind of how this thing is. Again, you know, honestly, I'm able to let go. You know, and one of the things that I think about with this new, like, okay, like your, your staff went to see Woody Marks to kind of get that situation settled, right? The way this new portal window thing is opening, I think it impacts your recruiting calendar. I think rather than going to see new recruits, you're going to have to allocate some time to go see the families of your current players. Because, like, let's take Xavier Thomas for an example. Okay, he's in the portal, wishing the best. Okay, as long as he doesn't go to Ole Miss, wishing the best. But Xavier Thomas doesn't have a ton of production right now, so he's not going to command a lot of NIL money. But let's say next year, let's say he came back to Mississippi State and had a big year. Well, all of a sudden now he's going to command more of an NIL package. Are we going to have to do that every single year? I mean, we're, all, we're trying to limit, you know, the portal by putting it in a window. But now all of a sudden, are we creating another monster in and of itself? Are we going to have to put more people on the road? Are you going to have to every single year go have in-home visits and lay out a package to get players to come back? Is that what we want in college athletics? Why can't we just sit down on uh, – you know, signing day or whatever, and put together a three-year contract. Okay, we're going to sign a three-year contract right now. This is going to be your NIL compensation. If you hit certain milestones, you, you'll, you'll magnify these bonuses and trigger new compensation. But you can't go in the portal for three years. There has to be some sense of security for the school, for the university, for the athletic department. What's happened now is we have allowed things to skew too far in one direction, and that's really – in the way of the student-athlete. And I am very much pro-student-athlete. I am pro-transfer. I'm pro-NIL. But there are a lot of this NIL thing, the way they rolled it out to us, is not what we're seeing now. We've got to get some controls there. 
but we are creating new problems for ourselves in college sports. It's like you don't, you don't have what, you know, eight off the field or eight on the road recruiters at a time, or maybe it's nine. And now all of a sudden you've got to start adding in uh, trips to see players and their families. How are we going to get anything done? And I blame Mark Emmert for every bit of it, every single bit of it. Their inaction has brought this thing to bear. And now we are in an absolute mess. And a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, we've had these guys go in the portal. You can go look at the numbers. You know, Texas A&M, Alabama are bleeding players. And maybe they can afford to in some respects. But, you know, last I saw, a and is up to like 19 players in the portal. 19. Think about it. And we've lost, what, one starter? What, two? I guess Dylan Johnson and Rara. Other programs are losing five or six. But in people, well, it's just the starters. If you're losing people off your TV, you're losing depth. You're losing ground. It's a problem. And I think really the only way to fix it is put together some collective bargain agreement and you begin to start, you know, let the schools pay the players. But there has to be a longer-term deal than a one-year scholarship. Because if not, you're going to have to do it every single year. Every single year. And that is not what this was intended to be. It's not. And I think the leadership of the NCAA is absolutely asleep at the wheel and they're failing the fans. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. You will too if you don't already. A fabulous place to do business. The greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in and on universe. Bully Shop has been completely renovated all upstairs now on floor number one. Not no longer in the textbook business, just selling Mississippi State merch. Go by and see their smiling faces next time you're in town. If you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web and support a wonderful Starkville business at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over $75. Any order less than $75, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, let's talk about your rooting interest. Mississippi State Men's Basketball returns to action. You're undefeated and top 25 ranked Mississippi State men's basketball team puts their undefeated streak on the line. 8-0 as they travel to Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota to be exact, to take on the Golden Gophers. That is going to be Sunday. That is a 7.30 tip. It'll be broadcast on the Big Ten Network. So be sure and check that out. Should be a good game for Mississippi State. Let's take a quick look at the Golden Gophers. P.J. Fleck might be there which means Heather Flack may be there, who is uh, the better Flack. But, uh, you know, not a great year for the football team up there. But uh, men's basketball, kind of kind of plodding along here. Maybe not exactly what they anticipated this year, but, um, you know, kind of a rough start to the season for them. They're now 4-5 and five overall and 0-2 and in the conference. They have lost four games in a row. This is a prime example of Mississippi State having a chance to go on the road against a Power 5 opponent and steal a victory. They began the year with a one-point win, 61-60 over Western Michigan. They blast St. Francis of Brooklyn, 72-54. They lose at home to DePaul, 69-53. They escape a very, very, very good effort from Central Michigan, 68-60. In the SoCal Challenge, they beat California Baptist, 
62-61 in overtime. And that's a game I, many of them probably thought we'll handle that easily. And then the next day they lose to UNLV, or two days later, 71-62. That was in San Juan Capistrano, California. The ACC Big Ten Challenge did not go the way of Minnesota as Virginia Tech hosted them in Blacksburg and beat them by 10, 67-57. They then began conference play losing at West Lafayette to Purdue 89-70, and then Michigan beat them in Minneapolis 90-75. So this is a team defensively just having some real issues. They'll get us and then on Wednesday take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. My hope is we extend this losing streak to uh, five games has not been good for them. And again, a chance for us to go get a W. This is one we absolutely have to win. This would be a really bad loss for us. Even though it's on the road against a Power 5 opponent, we have grown as a basketball program. Chris Jans will be ready to go. Team will be ready to go. I just hope we're not a little bit rusty because it's finals week for us. But um, you know, looking at the numbers here for Minnesota, uh, the leading scorer for them is Dawson Garcia. Where's number three, 13.2 points a game. Tied with him is Jamison Battle. Jamison has missed four games, however, 13.2 points a game. But leading scorer, Dawson Garcia, easily. He has played the second most minutes on the team, uh, shooting 43.7% from the field. Not a real threat from three-point line. Just uh, 29% there. And uh, as a free throw shooter, just 64.5%. But he is kind of the straw that stirs the drink, to say the least. Uh, uh, Talon Cooper has been a good point guard for them. He leads a team in minutes played, also has, uh, has handed out 62 assists, but also 27 turnovers. So not exactly a tremendous amount of uh, you know, production there, consistency. Uh, has 13 steals, which also leads the team. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong stat line there for that. Yeah, he's got uh, – yeah, Talon Cooper, yeah, 13 steals. So 11.6 points per game for him. So uh, it is going to be an interesting matchup, to say the least. But it's a game that we got to win. It's as simple as that. We have to go win this game. You look at the rest of the, the non-conference schedule, we talk about the Minnesota game. Now, the Magnolia Madness game in Jackson. Now, there's something I need to tell you about this. If you attend this game, not only are you going to get quality entertainment – you're going to get a chance to help Mississippi State's NIL efforts. And so if you're on the fence about going to the game, it's a 6.30 p.m. tip. Dave Murray will be there for us. I'm not sure if Paul's going or not. But uh, basically what we're doing here, and here's what I was told. Here's the message that I got. Um, MSU has given, given us the MSU Jackson State game in Jackson at the Coliseum on Wednesday, December 14th at 6.30. Tickets are 15, 25, and 35. All available on Ticketmaster or at the Coliseum box office. All proceeds go to the Bulldog Initiative. Our goal is to raise $100,000. We're happy to promote that here on the Boneyard. Turn out not just to go support your men's basketball team, but to support our NIL efforts. And that's a very lofty goal and one that maybe we can get. I remember going to these games, even when I lived in Baton Rouge, we would make the drive up to Jackson just to go support the team. And listen, I get the Coliseum does not have the finest of amenities. I understand that. It's not necessarily a great venue. But Mississippi State is playing. There will be some Jackson State fans there. It's a chance for them to play against an SEC opponent. But you're not just going to a game 
You're helping Mississippi State student-athletes in every aspect. You're helping the Bulldog Initiative. Jackson State is currently 2-4 and four on the year. Uh, so that's, you know, should, again, a game that we should win. And you would think that we would always be in a position to do that. But you remember years ago we lost to Alcorn State and the NIT. And we still have to hear about that. But uh, we've got to do a great job here. But it's not just about the ball game. We need our fans to show up. And then we'll close out the non-conference with a home date against Nickel State. And then we'll play Drake and Lincoln, Nebraska on a neutral floor there. And we'll preview those games when we get a little bit closer. But uh, here in the next few days, we'll be talking about the Mississippi Madness uh, game or Magnolia Madness uh, on Monday show too. So look forward to that. And again, your rooting interest this Sunday, obviously, is to watch the Bulldogs on the Big Ten Network. Now, if you can't make it to Jackson, we encourage you, given the opportunity, please turn out, bring the kids, let's have a good time. That game will be broadcast on the SEC Network Plus. You better watch that on your app. And so the next three ball games you should be able to watch. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Drake in a battle of the vault. But uh, your Bulldogs playing well. And, again, we haven't played this week due to finals. So hopefully there is no, no rust as we go on the road. Anytime you got to go on the road, you got to get locked in. All right, the Bulldog women have not played since December 4th. So five days, and they'll be back in action this Sunday against Texas A&M Commerce. That's a game, too, at 5 p.m. So you can kind of get a double dip there, right? Get your, your feel of Mississippi State men's or women's basketball. That should be a game that we handle pretty well. And then on next Thursday, we'll play Florida A&M. And we make that trip to Tampa before we begin conference play. But uh, the men and women both playing well. The ladies now 7-2. Uh, and two. We've won two in a row and been really good at home. Of course, we lose to South Dakota State, and then we lose that ball game uh, to Nebraska down in the San Juan Puerto Rico uh, Classic, or Classico, if we want to be technical about that. So we've got to do a good job kind of pushing this thing forward whenever possible. Let's pack the kids, go to, get in the car, and go to the game. Some of my fondest memories – at Humphrey Coliseum or going to games with my dad. He'd say, hey, let's go watch a ball game. I remember watching Chancellor Nichols and the guys just absolutely destroy Will Purdue and Vanderbilt, and they came in really, really highly touted, and uh, we beat them. And I remember back in those days, too, you know, game day operations has come a long way. I'm from the 1900s, right? I remember they used to have the little uh, the guy on the jumbotron in the hump that when we would get a foul called against an opponent, they would put the little – graphic up there that show the guy like crying wiping his eyes or whatever I don't know if you can do that in today's time because everybody's so doggone sensitive yeah I guess it is okay to cry but not, not on the court but nevertheless be sure and turn out on the show uh this on the show in Jackson on Wednesday for the Magnolia Madness game between State and Jackson State and again it's not just because the Bulldogs are playing. That should be enough. But, again, all the proceeds go directly to the Bulldog Initiative. And what a great idea. I want to thank everybody involved down there that's uh, sponsoring this event. Uh, that's Muskelly Furniture, uh, the Eye Care Professionals, and then Fuse. So be sure and frequent them when you uh, have a chance to utilize their business services. Wednesday night. Humphrey Coliseum uh, next weekend, but uh, we'll be in Jackson, of course. And I, I'm a big proponent of taking the show on the road. I, I do get tired of going to Jackson sometimes. But when the Bulldogs are in your area, it should be a big deal. And so let's turn out and pack the Coliseum to raise money and also to cheer the Bulldogs on to an important victory. 
All right, final segment of the show. We're going to focus on recruiting here. This segment brought to you by Portico. I, I love all of my relationships with our advertisers. Uh, but the thing that I love about Brooks and these guys at Portico is they're just so consistent. You know, they give me updates. Hey, Steve, we're doing this, we're doing that. It's never been a situation where it's like, okay, well, can you just talk about this? It's like when there are talking points, they share them. And we started this thing. This thing was just getting started. Now phase one is completely sold out. Phase two is underdeveloped. Many of those homes are also sold. But there's still room for you. There are some homes that are ready to purchase. There are some lots and some housing plans that you can pick out and be a part of as you kind of move forward with life. Whether it be your primary residence, and we hope that it is, or maybe it's your future retirement home, maybe it's your second home, maybe it's a ball game weekend retreat for you. They've got a plan to fit every need. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. If you need a custom build, maybe you need a home office or a home gym, or maybe you want an expanded nursery, they can accommodate you with every bit of that. You can have a say in how the house goes, right? There's so much of that, too. You know, a lot of times when you buy a house, you say, well, it's not perfect, but what if it was perfect? What if it was exactly the way you wanted it? And that's what you can get with Portico. Give Brooks Bryan a phone call today. 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Very easy to get to. You turn off 82 on a 12 like going to campus. The very first right is Pat Station Road. Go through the four-way stop. There's, boom, Portico right there on the right. Give yourself a self-guided tour next time you're in town. I think you'll be pleased with what you see. Make Portico your next move. All right, with all the craziness that we've had, it's almost like we've forgotten we have official visitors coming in this weekend. I mean, it's like, and I give Paul a lot of credit. You know, I was on the road back from New Mexico last weekend. You know, Paul doing yeoman's work, man, kind of getting it done and updating you guys. And uh, I'm back in the saddle this week. Be happy to help Paul. And uh, we've already traded some messages. And uh, so we'll have full coverage of the recruiting weekend over at jeanspage.com. Be sure and uh, be a part of that. Let me give you a list of who all is coming. And things could change. I mean, people are supposed to arrive today. Some may already be there. But Mississippi State commitment and Southwest Community College wide receiver Jacoby Velozar. I really like him. I really, really like him. He's a great young man, but also, too, he's an explosive player. I'll be honest with you, he kind of reminds me, his game, a little bit of, of Jameer Calvin, kind of a similar build. I think Jacoby's actually a little bit faster. And then Mississippi State commitment and a guy that I think will make a living outside in the Kai pool. I like his game. You know, I'll be honest with you, he was a guy, too, that was kind of a slow build for me. Like he had a bunch of offers early on, and State got him. And every time that I've talked to him, he just seems more and more excited about Mississippi State. Mississippi State commitment and running back Jeffrey Pittman. You guys are just kind of getting up to speed on who he is and what he's about and things of that nature. He's a lot like Dylan Johnson, to be quite honest with you. Running style is very similar. A big physical guy that can get downhill. We needed a guy like him. And, of course, at the time we commit him, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with Dylan Johnson and Woody. We were hopeful we wouldn't lose them both. We felt pretty confident we may lose one. And that's worked out quite as it pretty much as expected. But Jeffrey Pittman, I think, kind of fills that Dylan Johnson role as being that between-the-tackles guy. On short yardage, you can just kind of pound it ahead. Not that Woody doesn't have that ability either, but it's, it's nice to have a tandem. Jeffrey Pittman, I think, is a name that you need to remember as you begin to look at 2023. We have an offensive lineman in Western Kentucky transfer, Gunnar Britton. You know, last year we, we went after 
Mason Brooks, that didn't work out. But Western Kentucky runs some elements of the air raid. I think maybe that's one of the things you bring up to Gunner. It's like, dude, look at what happened with Mason. You need to come play in a Southeastern Conference and have an opportunity to show what you can do at a higher level rather than just kind of reinventing yourself. Cincinnati kicker prospect Ryan Coe will also be here, and I do expect Mississippi State basically to take a transfer kicker every year, whether it be a scholarship guy or a walk-on guy. Now, one could argue this year that field goal kicking was better. It certainly was down the stretch, but there was some adventures early this year, too, especially with extra points. And, and if you're like me, it's like, why in the world can we not handle the most basic fundamental elements of football? Just go kick an extra point. And for some reason, that eluded us. We got it straight down the stretch, but of course now Ben Rabin and Massimo Biscardi are done. You, know, you got uh, Ferry coming in. We're excited about him, but it makes sense to go get a veteran guy because how are we going to handle kicking off the ground? The high school guys sometimes make that adjustment early in their careers, but uh, anytime that you can go get a college veteran, you should. Ole Miss offensive line commitment, Azavion Miller. He is a guy, too, that uh, State has been on for a while. We offered him, I guess, six weeks or so ago. Now he's taking an official visit. And it's interesting, too, there's, you know, Ole Miss is always seems to get so excited about recruiting our players and recruiting our commitments. It's nice to kind of put the shoe on the other foot for a while and make them play a little defense. I don't know if we take Azavion Miller or not, but it's good to have him on campus. Former Horn Lake superstar, Radar Jones from LSU in the portal and going to transfer. Uh, and Mississippi State was really never in the picture with him as much as we wanted to be at a high school. We were on him some. We just never really got anywhere. And so Radar now, when you look at the fact, you know, State's going to lose three safeties at a minimum, right? Jalen Green out of eligibility. Jackie Matthews declared for the draft. Colin Duncan declared for the draft. Now, Colin is not signing with an agent, so he could come back. But you, you have to prepare for the inevitability that you may lose all three starting safeties. Now, does that, is Radar going to play safety? Is he going to play corner? That all kind of remains to be seen. I think Radar is just a defensive back, and you plug him in where you need to. But you're also looking at Forbes leaving too. So you, look, you think, okay, Sean Preston graduated today. Is Sean going to come back? I think so. But really, of your, start, your starting 11, DCAM is the only starter that's back. And so that secondary is going to need an influx of talent. You hope to get Isaac Smith. You know, you hope that Marcus Banks is ready to take the next jump next year. But it's going to be a much different secondary next year. And so there are some opportunities for some players with some college production. So Radar will be here. Great player. He was. Hasn't maybe played as well as you would hope at LSU. Maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. Okay, Cincinnati commitment and cornerback Luke Evans also going to be here. You know, State trying to revitalize the pipeline there. I think you feel pretty good about your first-team group next year. You know, Asias Furge, obviously, he's been here forever and a day. He is a solid player. I don't know that he is a starter, but he and Marcus Banks will battle for that spot. But you've got to get some young guys behind them to develop. You know, we have had some real struggles recruiting high school corners uh, under Mike Leach. And I think, uh, you know, give McBass some credit for turning that room around. He certainly has. And we have been very, very good uh, at cornerback uh, the last three years. But you've got to get some young guys in there and develop, and you need those guys to stay. And in junior college defensive lineman Eric Taylor, this is another big-time guy, and he is a take. He is a guy that if he has a good weekend, could elect to be here at Mississippi State. And so uh, excited about this this weekend. And, uh, again, we'll have full coverage for you over at jeanspage.com. But uh, there's a lot left to do in this class. 
And of course, with all the, the changes with the portal and all these things that are going on, there's going to be new names that pop up. Going to be a lot of new names that pop up here in the next week to 10 days. I mean, guys, we're 12 days away from the signing period opening. It's nuts, man. It really is. And you start thinking about, okay, well, what's, what's next? You know, well, you know, Mississippi State going to have another recruiting weekend, probably be some junior college guys and some transfer guys uh, in that visit weekend. But uh, there's a lot going on. And now's a good time to subscribe if you hadn't already. Because we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep you up to date, and it'd be nice not to have to talk about any more portal stuff. And that's one of the things too that I can share with you too. Probably should discuss this in the first segment of the show. We don't expect any other regulars to go in the portal. Now there will, there could always be a surprise, right? And and you'll see what happens after the bowl game, right? There are gonna be some guys that say, "Well, we'll see what happens," you know. Uh, but you know, you got to be on guard at any point during the, the the transfer portal window process. Forty five days, and it just opened. What up on the fifth? You know, so we've still got. Basically six weeks of this. Going to have to kind of work our way through it. But we don't expect any more regulars to go in. And we always got our eye on some guys. Because you got some guys now with all this tampering and stuff that goes on, they're going to be contacted. And what happens a lot of times, too, is like guys will go you know, meet with Charlie and those guys at Bulldog Initiative and find out what they think their, their market value is. And all of a sudden they have a trainer or an uncle or somebody like that that will reach out to other schools and say, hey, Mississippi State is offering this. What can you offer? And I just don't think that's what we want in college athletics. I think we've got to do some things to change that. I think we would all agree. Because if not, at some point, the well is going to run dry. And the thing that I go back to, and I don't know how long Mike Leach plans to coach. I don't. But the thing that I ask myself is what are we doing to make Mississippi State a more attractive destination for the future coach. You know, hey, do we just promote from within and promote Zach Arnett? Yeah, maybe. I'd be on board with that. I think most fans would be. That way, hey, you know what? We know for sure we're going to have a, a very stingy and physical brand of defense. And then who he hires as an offensive coordinator, of course, would, would kind of tell the tale. You know, do you keep the staff intact? Do you bring in you know, a new offensive coordinator? What, you know, what do you do? I don't know. But let, let's say we have to go outside the family here. What if we don't promote from within? What if Zach Arnett leaves and goes to Auburn and doesn't, is not ready to be a head coach? What if, you know, what if all those things are happening, right? And so how do we make Mississippi State a more attractive spot? Let, let's say that State and Ole Miss are both looking for coaches in the same year. You know, Lane Kiffin's tried to leave two years in a row and hadn't been able to go. But we talk about NIL stuff. If you're a coach and you say, okay, I've got $2 million to work with to put a class together and to keep my roster intact – at Mississippi State, or I can go to Ole Miss where they have $4 million or $5 because I don't believe the commitment stuff, right? But my point is, is that something has to change with every bit of this because we're going to be at a competitive disadvantage if we don't fully embrace NIL. We're going to be at a competitive disadvantage if the NCAA doesn't put national legislation together to level the playing field. You're not going to be able to hire a quality coach. You may get an up-and-comer, and maybe they stay with you three or four years, and they win, and then all of a sudden they get courted by another program that says, hey, you can win a little bit bigger here because we've got a bigger NIL war chest to work with. And two years ago, we didn't even have these conversations. But college athletics are changing, and not all the change has been positive. I think we'd all agree. I mean, it's like we're having to fund it, right? 
it's not just enough to buy tickets anymore. It's not just enough to give to the Bulldog Club to increase your priority points. Now we are having to fund it. And I don't know if that's right. I think what has to happen is when this new TV deal comes in, the NCAA has got to say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to enable everybody to pay players from the TV money. It doesn't come from your general operating money. You set some money aside. And maybe there's a salary cap of sorts. And the fact that we're talking about this in amateur athletics is, is actually ridiculous, right? But it is what it is. We've just got to be able to tread water until that change comes. And I do believe meaningful change is coming. I just don't know when. That's important to understand because, you know, how many times are you going to keep giving money to NIL? Say, well, you know, Steve, I'm making monthly contributions, and God bless you for doing that. But at what point do people start thinking they're getting diminishing returns? Like I've seen this week, people are like, well, Dylan Johnson's leaving. I'm going to cancel my NIL contributions. Okay, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. I saw some people on Facebook saying, you know what, I'm going to quit buying season tickets. That's not the answer. That's not the answer. We need everybody to be committed. And some people's level of commitment is greater than others. Some people are in a better place financially. And there are some people in a great place financially that have never given the state, and they're not going to give the state, and, and they call themselves Bulldogs. You know? And so you know, to each their own, I guess. But uh, the reality of it is, is that this model is not sustainable. I thought Nick Saban said it best. Back this summer, you go to a donor and say, hey, we need X number of dollars to secure this recruit. And then you get that money, and then the guy rides the bench and transfers, and then you don't get your money back, or do you get any return on your investment because Alabama doesn't benefit from the kid because he didn't make the field? And you start thinking, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to give them money for NIL again because the guy that I helped sponsor just ultimately picked up and left, and now he's, what, at Texas A&M trying to beat us? And so things have to change, and that's the thing that's so frustrating with me about all this is, like, there just doesn't appear to be any real leadership. And I think it was the Big 12 commissioner earlier this week, they asked him about NIL, and he goes, we, we need federal oversight. And the fact that the leadership of the NCAA has allowed it to get to this point is a major indictment on them and their leadership. Now we need the federal government to bail us out because we, we didn't handle things appropriately. And so now here we are. And I don't think there's anybody out there among the fan bases around the country that likes where we sit with college athletics. A lot has changed. What is it, in the 15 months that NIL has been legal? If you remember in the beginning, you had it was basically a quid pro quo, right? So, yes, you had an NIL deal, but both sides had to benefit. So the, the, the student athlete had to do something to earn the money, whether it be part of an advertising campaign, maybe it be a situation where they, they use their image on a poster. They had to do something. Now, all of a sudden, we put together all these collectives, and now they don't have to do anything. So my question is, you know, what's changed, and how are we going to enforce this? It made sense to me in the beginning that, hey, the local, the, your starting quarterback could go be part of an advertising campaign, you know, for Subway or for a local car dealership, that makes sense to me. You know, being compensated to be a spokesperson for a business. But how many of those ads have you seen? And so we've kind of been sold a bill of goods here. You know, what, the way they roll this program out is like, and everybody's like, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you, kids ought to be able to make a little money. Yeah. I mean, how, how much money did Dak Prescott and Jeg Mangum leave on the table because they, do, they weren't able to cash in on jersey sales? 
And that's how they kind of sold all of us on this. It's like, yeah, I mean, Steve, I mean, Dak Prescott probably missed out on $100,000 or more on jersey sales. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You're right about that. That's got to be fixed. But nothing's changed. It's like now, basically, we've just legalized paying players. And now the people make, making the payments are not, um, are not getting anything out of the deal. And so I worry about that. I worry about the direction of things. If you no longer have to do anything for the money, well, basically, you've just you know, sanctioned an auction for players. It's just something has got to give. And nobody's talking about that anymore. Everybody's like, well, there's all these collectives and things like that. You know, and I support it because it's legal, right? But that's not the way that it was intended and the way that it was rolled out to us in the beginning. And you, know, you guys know I was a reluctant convert. I was all about kids being able to profit from name, image, and likeness. But the rest of this stuff has just gotten absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. And so if that's the case, and it's got to be bankrolled all the time, it should be the universities that are cashing in on the big TV contracts and have to pay it rather than the fans. But until that happens, we've got to do our part. And I, I have so much respect for Charlie Winfield. You know, Charlie Winfield, you know, he won't get a statue at Davis Wade Stadium or Dirty Noble Field. He wasn't. But the work that he has done over the course of the last year to help Mississippi State is legendary. I, I firmly believe if Charlie and the Bulldog Initiative had not been involved, Woody Marks is in the transfer portal. I believe that. And you'll never convince me otherwise. I believe Nathaniel Watson probably goes pro. It may have been a mistake, but he's a leading tackler in the SEC. His stock's really high. I think he probably goes pro. So we complain a lot about the portal and NIL, but there are also some benefits and there's some things that have happened in Mississippi State that are, that are quite good because of NIL. We just got to keep working. And every day feels like such a grind. And I can only begin to imagine what it is like for Charlie. And I wish that we could just find a way to hire some talented individual to work as an assistant under Charlie to kind of take some of this, this load off of him. But Charlie Winfield is true maroon, man. He, that guy absolutely is. And, I, and many of you don't know him. You've, you've heard his voice as he called baseball games. And he's been involved with a lot of things. And he's very visible on the Mississippi State campus and has a, a thriving law practice here in town. I'm a Charlie Winfield fan, and I didn't realize how big a fan I was until all this NIL stuff really took off. He's an outstanding person, and he does not get enough credit for what he's done. Basically put his own livelihood at risk for the betterment of Mississippi State. And so if you've been on the fence about joining the Bulldog Initiative, let me encourage you to do it because now you've seen the benefit from it. Woody Marks is back at Mississippi State. It's not all about NIL, but certainly was a factor. And you're giving Charlie and your coaching staff a, you know, a, a chance to combat some of that. And again, I go back to that second segment. Listen, I wish Dylan Johnson the best. I wish he was still here. I do. I, I, I think a lot of him. Again, he made a mistake. I don't agree with how he handled things. I also know, too, that it had to be really hurtful to him to hear his head coach say, yeah, I'm kind of glad he's leaving. I don't think he's that tough. There's enough blame to go around. And maybe that just pushed the relationship to the point that it couldn't be repaired. But I won't be rooting against Dylan Johnson. I don't have any, you know, malice of forethought in anything that I do or say about Dylan Johnson. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in how – in everybody. I'm disappointed in how this whole thing went down. And I'm disappointed that it's Mississippi State that picks up the tab here. You know, when, when ESPN and Fox News and everybody else runs their articles, it's Mississippi State in the headlines. 
Now, the news cycle changes. You know, two days later, it's, it's all behind you. But if you don't think the enemies of Mississippi State are going to use this incident to negatively recruit against Mississippi State, you're kidding yourself. They absolutely, they'd be fools not to. We'd do the same. You don't think there's some people in the Mississippi State office have got Michael Orr's tweets criticizing Ole Miss and A.J. Brown's tweets criticizing Ole Miss? You don't think they have those saved in their phones just waiting for the right time to use them? You know they do. The world is a will to power. Everybody does it. You'd be a fool not to. Bad news in Oxford is the only thing that compares to good news in Starkville and vice versa. So people are upset about Lane Kiffin retweeting that stuff. Well, of course he is. Number one, he's a very petty and immature person. But number two, all is fair in love and war. Recruiting's war. It is. And again, if you hadn't done so, go to dogpiledabook.com. You can get all my sports books there. Get them signed, personalized. Flim Flam, Alpha Dog, Stark Villains. Dogs, dog Pile, of course. If you're looking for Bloomsville, and we talked about that earlier, you can find it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksMillion.com. Amazon probably save you a little money. Or you can buy it through your local bookstore. Be sure and go check it out. You'll be glad you did. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to StarkVillains.com. You should be able to get it in, Christmas, in time for Christmas. 16 days now before Christmas. 16 days. I, I decided today i got to buy something. One more thing for my wife. One more thing. Buy myself something, buy her something too. You know. Um, it's never-ending, right? I mean, it's like when you think about the people you love in your life. It's like, oh, I want to do so much for them, you know. Uh, we spent some time last night putting the Christmas tree up. I was doing it on my own. My son got out of the shower, and he goes, hey, you're putting the tree up. Let me help you. You know, it's a nice activity. It really is. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't going to put anything up this year. You know, <laughs> I just wasn't. It was going to be me and him until the wife gets home. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go to all this trouble. And then it's like his, it's his last Christmas at home before he goes to college at Mississippi State. So, yeah, I got to do this. And his mom's like, I really wish you would. I'm, I'm going to do it, babe. I am. I'm going to do it. So we've already got that started. It'll probably take me a couple days to kind of get motivated and finish. But uh, I'm not used to having that role. But uh, the holidays are coming. And the thing that I love most about the holidays is that generally everybody's in a good mood. Unless you're going to, like, uh, you know, a toy store and having to, you know, stand in line and fight with people to get some, you know, crazy toy. I remember, I remember the Tickle Me Elmo thing. I remember all of that. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, it's like the older I get, the more joy I get out of giving. And it's not just gifts, but you know, to people this time of year that have needs. And uh, I encourage you, it's like giving yourself a gift when you give someone something that they can never repay. And I'm not saying you got to go out there and spend a ton of money. But when you do something of value and do something to help another human being, not expecting anything in return, the rewards you get are immense. There's nothing makes me feel better than doing something for somebody else. And I hadn't always felt that way. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I was young, I was a selfish person. Was. Talked about that recently with my wife. I was like, you know, I remember my 20s, I was so incredibly judgmental of people. I was so selfish. Like, if I didn't get any benefit from stuff, I didn't want to do it. And life has changed me. I've matured. And I'm very happy to say that. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Uh, but the bottom, the bottom line is, is that um, there are so many good things in life that not necessarily lead to you being a recipient of anything tangible. But the benefits from doing something wonderful for somebody else, that's what life is really about. 
And like I see these reels on Facebook and that kind of stuff, and I see people going up and they're helping homeless people. And it's amazing to me that sometimes the people that have the least give the most. I saw a reel the other day, this uh, young guy's walking around and said he's hungry. He goes, hey, can you give me a dollar? I just need to get something to eat. I'm so hungry. I just need a dollar. Can you give me something? And there were all these people in their suits, their designer shoes, their fancy cars, and they couldn't give him anything. And he went to up this homeless lady, and he cried and begged and talked about how he just needed a dollar. And she had been begging for change, and she emptied her cup, and she gave him everything she had. And it's the thing that I think about is this lady's probably hungry herself, and she was going to give all the money she had to a complete stranger who was starving. She didn't have it to give and gave it either way. And then at the end of the reel, they end up giving her, I think, 200 bucks. They give her money to go eat, her money to go you know, get a hotel room and get a shower and sleep in a, in, a, in a nice bed. And I think, why isn't life more like this? Why aren't we looking out more for each other instead of trying to find things that divide us? So this Christmas, I encourage you, do something for somebody else, right? Whether it be a secret Santa thing or maybe you know a family that's been struggling, maybe you know, you know a marriage or something like that that maybe is not maybe what it should be, and maybe just have something delivered anonymously. They don't need to know. You don't need to get the praise. You get the reward in and of yourself to know that you did something good for somebody else. Maybe you know some kids that have been impacted by divorce or maybe some kids that, um, you know, have had some challenges this year. Maybe get on Amazon and just order some gifts and have it delivered. Doesn't have to be much. Your kids don't need a whole lot to be happy. Maybe help curry the spirit of Christmas and the belief in Santa Claus. Do something good for somebody else. I'm really committed to this. And my hope is, maybe, maybe there's just one or two people that said, you know what, Steve, you're right. I'm going to do that. I know some friends up the road that, uh, you know, dad's in the military or whatever and not going to be around. And I want to do something to help them. How wonderful would that be if we all felt that way, right? I'm going to do at least one thing for one family this year that is not my family. I'm going to do something nice for them and not expect anything in return. Just going to do something nice for them anonymously. And just have, maybe have lunch sent over. Maybe send them a gift card to their favorite restaurant. You don't have to put your name on it. I would submit to you that's the more glorious gift, right? Because, you know, if you send it to them, they're going to feel obligated to buy you something, right? So maybe let them off the hook. Just send it to them. But at the end of the day, we, didn't, we don't give hoping to receive something in return of monetary or physical value. You just send it to them. Let them have a night out on you, and it's not important that you get the credit. It's about them. Show them you love them. All right, that's going to do it for today. Look forward to a good weekend. Again, it'll be Christmas decorating time around here and uh, official visit weekend, so we'll check with us on Sunday. Maybe we get some new commitments. Maybe not. We'll see. Be sure and check us out. 12 days now between now and after signing, the signing period opening. Be sure and uh, be a part of it. Good time to join jeanspage.com right now. We'll be celebrating a record number of subscribers as we uh, look to expand the empire. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.